From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking, and I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. In the spirit of Father's Day, my guests today are an entertainer and promoter, Lee King and his son, entertainment lawyer, Kamel King. This dynamic father and son duo has taken the entertainment industry by storm, especially here in Mississippi. And we'll start with the father, Lee King's story on going from electrical engineering to working with James Brown for a period of time. And we'll also hear his son, Kamel's story about being born into the entertainment industry, which led him into a career in to entertainment law. Hey, listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts on our question of the day. Do you think fathers get the respect and recognition that they deserve? And what's the greatest lesson that your dad ever taught you? Call us at 877-MPB-RING or email us at marshall at mpbonline.org. Now you're talking. We'll return after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back from MPB Think Radio. This is Now You're Talking, and I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday. And you know, in the spirit of Father's Day, because that was yesterday, my guests today are entertainer and promoter Lee King and his son, entertainment lawyer Kamel King. Uh, gentlemen, it is good to have you back in the studio. Oh, it's my pleasure. You well, should... I've had you back. You haven't ever been in here before. <laughs> I've so. never been here. You've Thank never you. been here before. You, you must me. be confusing me with someone <laughs> yes. else. His other son that exactly. I don't know about. As <laughs> long as he does. I don't know That's about all me. Me. <laughs> oh, uh, As you fun. can tell, this is going to be a fantastic <laughs> interview. We're already off on the right foot. I, I tell you what, uh, we got a great question of the day. And, and what's the greatest lesson your dad ever taught you? And do you think fathers get the respect and recognition that they deserve? Of course, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING and feed on that. But let me just go ahead and ask y'all that question, because I think that's a great way to start since we are the day after Father's Day. And by the way, you did spoil him, didn't you? (laughs) I tried to. Okay. I try. Very good. Very good. You had a good day? Oh, fantastic. Good. Fantastic, man. So you, like, just got to lay around and watch, you know, cartoons all day? Several movies, uh, cartoons. The game. And the game. The game. And the game. The game. Okay. Wow. Seriously. Um, LeBron. Steph Curry's going to hear LeBron's footsteps for a <laughs> oh long time God. yet to come. <laughs> Kyrie Irving. Yes. Man, that boom. was some game. Boom. Mm-hmm. Double boom. I, I got, you know, well, of course, <laughs> we're all over the map today, but the, uh, LeBron, he, he wanted that. Bad. Yeah. Oh, really bad. He wanted really that. Bad. Yeah, and so. uh, he acted like it. I was surprised with the 41 points that he did the game before. And I said, well, I sure hope he doesn't relax. And he did not. No, he did not. I mean, oh, yeah. you think about it. You're down three to one. Yeah. You're, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and yes, you know, indeed. in the NBA, probably home court advantage is probably as strong as any sport that yeah. there is. Most certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm sitting there watching it last night. I said, well, I don't know who's going to win this thing, but whoever does deserves it. You yeah. know, it, it, it was the, both of the teams were so good. I was in the middle and everybody said, who are you going for? And I said, either one who wins would be all right with me. Yeah. Kind of edged a, a little bit more toward LeBron, though, because I knew that uh, they would have made history and yeah. that he did say he was going to bring that championship to the 
to the home team, and he did that. And I love it when people do what they say they're going to do. Exactly, yeah. too, especially yeah. you know the way he left initially, yes, and for yes, him yes, to yes, come yes. back and kind yeah. of redeemed himself to uh-huh. his home fans, and now this is kind of just seals the deal for him. That's right. Yeah. Did Good you see him. the breakdown at the end he had? Yes. Man, that was so emotional. <laughs> and that was real, too. That I was mean, real. That was real. It was funny. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. why were you say? Oh, you oh. must be in front of the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a horse. Oh. <laughs> she, she's been, she's been oh, putting crotch. Never, never seen a grown man. Man cry I'm like gonna that. put a yes. crying. I'm gonna put a crying Jordan meme on your Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna do. The... I'm gonna do Sharita's cry, crying Jordan. I was hurt. I was hurt. I'll be honest. I was hurt. You're gonna be hurting for a long time, darling. You yeah. got your next season anyway. Hey, look. Cleveland's had what? It's been eighteen thousand days since their last championship. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. river yeah. caught on fire. Okay. That's right. There you go. That's they got, right. Yeah. They got the. They got the. The Trump convention coming up. They've got their problems. Oh, that's right. True. <laughs> so they, they really needed that. They deserve something good. Uh-huh. So, so it sounds like you had a good day. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, yeah. indeed. And, and so do you feel like that fathers get the respect that they deserve these days? Well, as, uh, if you're talking about from the standpoint of Father's Day, no. If you're talking about from the standpoint of day-to-day, I think it's all in the way that you bring up your family and the way that you set yourself up as a father. Um, my children have treated me with the utmost respect from the time that they were born up until today. So we have I, some nodding going. <laughs> on here. So that's good. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I really think it has a lot to do with your upbringing as a father, how, how your parents treated you yeah. and then how that translates into how you treat your children. And that will dictate how they will treat you. Most so certainly. Exactly. You, you, uh, you, uh, Treat people the way you want to be treated, and my children have been one thousand uh, percent beautiful to me. I've got three boys. I've always said it's I'm their father. I'm not their friend, mm-hmm. but I can be their friend when mm-hmm. they need a friend. But yep. I, I'm their yep. dad at the end of the day. But Most certainly, I, I, I had this misconception when I started having kids because I had no clue what I was doing. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. babies are not born with instructions. Right, they yes, really indeed. aren't. They don't yeah. have them stapled to the rear end, um, <laughs> but, or anywhere else, or anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. That would be painful. Uh, but but I learned that really, honestly, the best times as me as a father is when they've needed me to yeah. not to put myself put them before me. Yes, Does that makes sense. And, yes, that, and that's been the best moments over the last. I've, I've got a sixteen year old's my oldest one, so yeah, okay, so I'm in that deal. So yeah. that's pretty cool. So, but I mean, Lee, seriously, uh, your background. And entertainment is fantastic. And your story, how you got into it. I mean, you were an engineer. And even your story as being an engineer is inspirational in its own. Because, I mean, you you broke barriers doing that. Yeah. And you excelled. You know, I always think anybody who can do anything under pressure is somebody that's noteworthy. And you did it under a lot of pressure. Well, again, upbringing. My parents prepared me for pressure. And uh, I think the block that I was raised on prepared me for pressure because, Every neighborhood I moved in, you had to fight. You had yep. to fight your way into the neighborhood, and you had to fight your way to stay uh, relevant in the neighborhood. Right. Uh, you, it wasn't a rite of passage in my in, where, where I was born and where I was raised. And my parents were stickler for uh, treating for me to treat people right and for for to expect nothing less than the very best, right. regardless of what everybody else did. It, you know, I, I remember going home, and I used to say. Uh, when I had a grade that was just not up to par, and I said, well, the, the class, nobody in the class uh, did well. And my mother would always correct me and say, I'm not concerned about anybody else in that class but you. And if, if they don't do well, that is no expectation that you should do any less. So he's standards. Yes. Definitely. Standards that raise you and teach you how to uh, raise your kids. 
Definitely. Uh, you, you know, it's funny. I think about entertainment business and how you learned and how, you know, you learned at the feet of one of the masters. Yes, indeed. I mean, James Brown, but it wow. was, but it wasn't one of those situations where the first time James Brown came a call and you said, I'm in. <laughs> uh, you had to do. Oh, you remember? Huh? Yeah, well, yeah. He had, had to do a little bit of begging, and you threw yeah. and you threw a pretty good number out at him, and he still said yes. He, so he must he, have liked something there. It was interesting, and I thought uh, that he would instantly turn around and and, and uh, laugh at me. And he sat there, and it was amazing how he sat there and he pondered for a while before he uh, concluded. Uh, but you know, it was a short pondering, and he said, "Okay." Uh, if that's what you need, I'm I'm willing to uh, take it. He said, but you're going to, that comes with a whole lot of responsibility that I'm not sure if you're ready to uh, be able to handle. Wow. And I gave him my commitment that day that I gave him my very best. And I gave him three times my very best. <clears throat> Pick two or three things that you learned from James Brown that you think are worth sharing. Oh, he all told me to uh, always give respect to, uh, to uh, the other man and treat him uh, uh, as a man and never treat anyone less than a man. Um, he always taught me that <clears throat> in business, there was only one way to succeed. That is to work sun up to sundown and, and, and put everything you had into what you were doing. Um, he also taught me that the most important thing about entertainment was people. Mm-hmm. And that when you don't uh, uh, give people 110%, You've not done your job and that they are responsible for your eating and you need to always approach everything that you do in business as if that person will con- control whether or not your electricity will be on or not. Um, he taught manhood to, to uh, I was a youngster and he took me and treated me as a man. Uh, when I first started working for James, I was 17 going on 18 and, uh, he treated. He made everybody call me sir, and Mister King. Wow! And he treated me like a man. And I learned that that's a valuable lesson that you must treat everyone with respect and dignity. At what point in your <clears throat> career were you when Kamel was born? Because he got to sit there and watch you <clears throat> go through this and learn those lessons, kind of the same way you learned them from from James. Yeah, he got to learn them from you that way. How old were you when he was born? Oh, when he was born, I was uh, 20, 21, 22 years okay. old. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were really just starting out. So. Yeah. Yes, so indeed. he got to see you really at your, at your prime and, and when you were here in, in Mississippi by that point and That's doing, right. doing the things that you did here. That's right. Yes. Which are pretty amazing. What you've done here too? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean that's my job. I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be a little right. bit. It says, well, all right. Well, it says right here. Be kind to guests. Be kind to guests. I'm a sheet right there. Be kind to guests in big bold letters. Exactly. I won't make you mad. Because no. I hear your son's a lawyer. That's exactly right, and I've taught him well. But uh, it's funny because all the things that you were sitting there telling me that you learned from him. Camille and I were talking about that before the show. Yeah. That oh. those are the, the basic pillars of dealing with talent and right. dealing with in the industry. Most certainly. Yeah. Big time. I mean, that's exactly what he taught me. And, and going back to the question that you asked, what's the biggest and, and the best lesson my father ever taught me that is definitely translated to my business now is treat people how you want to be treated. And it's about the dash in between right. your gravestone, not the, you know, the day you were born or the day you died, but what did you do in between? Amen. And I mean, he just pounded that in my head 
you know, your word is the only thing that you have. It's your reputation. Once that's gone, you don't have anything. Uh, so I carried that through everything in life, not just business, friends, anything personal. I can tell you in Mississippi that that's the one thing. If you lose that reputation, you ain't going to rebuild it nope. because, right. because there's nope. two degrees of separation. Exactly. So if you make one person mad, you're pretty much toast. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I make people mad all the time. All the time. Yeah, but that's what I do. So I've, I've survived right. 20 years doing that. Anyway, but but I was thinking, you're you're a local guy. I mean, you grew up here in Jackson. You yes. Went, you went to college at Tukaloo and then got your law degree at Mississippi College. Right. How did you decide to go into the legal aspect of it? Because, um, you know, I mean, you could have done 15 million different things in entertainment, but you decided to go for that. What made you decide to go that direction? I always had an affinity for law. I, I, even as a child, I would watch Matlock and stuff like that, Law and Order. Uh, a lot of it came from every summer my mom and dad would make me make me read a biography. Right. Uh, whether it be Martin Luther King or Malcolm X. Or, and what I got the affinity for law was the power that it, you could use to change things right. for the better. Right. And as I developed the love for the change that you can use the law for and watching him go through everything in the entertainment industry and watching that from the background, it was just a natural marriage of the two. I, I can ask really both of you this question because the entertainment business has changed so much so quickly in such a short amount of time it's almost hard to keep up with now isn't it definitely definitely <laughs> technology is fleeting uh the the young kids are in control of everything the big business paradigm is completely exploded it's, right. it's it's a whole nother world and the the um the ethic work ethic of of the the entertainers today is much different than that of yesterday mm -hmm. uh the concept about uh, originality is much different where there's a lot of copycatting going on. And uh, back in the day when they were talking about, uh, uh, when they say real music, it was uh, people who were coming up with things because they had to. Right. Um, yeah. Nowadays, <clears throat> with uh, the entertainers, it is originality sometimes is fleeting. Mm -hmm. they're, 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 they copy one another. They, they sample one another. They... Uh, uh, going to somebody else's show and trying to figure out what they can steal from them. Back there in the day, if you stole something from somebody, you were lynched almost. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to put you up to the next tree. Uh, so it's quite a bit of difference from today's entertainer and, and, and yesterday's entertainer. Definitely. Definitely. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking. No, with... no breaks. This is <laughs> Well, okay. It's a man's world. I, I, that's true. Hello. That's true. Lee King, of course, Kamel King as well. We're going to continue this conversation on our question of the day. Do you think fathers get the respect, recognition they deserve? And what's the greatest lesson your dad ever taught you? You can call us at 877-MPB-RING. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Man made the cars to take us over the road. Man made the Carry the heavy load. Man, they like to take us out of the dark. Man, they the foot by the water. Like Noah made the ark. This is a man, man, man world. But it wouldn't be nothing without a woman on the day. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Well, we have just the two of them. We've got Lee King and Kamel King. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Question of the day is, do you think fathers get the respect recognition they deserve? And what's the greatest lesson your dad ever taught you? Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. Yeah, I mean, Father's Day. You had a great Father's Day yesterday, and mm-hmm. I'm glad you were appropriately spoiled. That's oh, important. yes, indeed. Yeah, I was, too. I, was I got too. spoiled, too. You did? Oh, yeah. Really? I've got a three-year-old. Oh, you got three-year-old. Oh, see, you're in the fun age right Oh, now. my God. We just had a great time. Yeah, when you come home now, you get the, like, you're, like, yes. liberating Paris. I never know? understood how valuable that was when dads would explain that to me. Yeah. But, I mean, it's the most precious thing in the world. Suck yeah. it up. Teenage years are coming. Uh, yes, and No. Things change. I know it. They'll be sleeping until noon. And yeah, Girl, boy. Girl. Girl. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bless you, my mm-hmm. son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wrapped could, around her finger. Yes, I know she does. Yep. That's going to be a tough one, really. I just have stinky boys. So, that's <laughs> that. so uh, you know, Camille, I'm talking about as an entertainment lawyer, and and I know some of the things you do, and of course, I, you're you're with um, a great firm. I mean, I know Mike Frascona quite well, and you get a chance to work with him. Uh, talk about some of the things that you do on a daily basis, because I know that's not. It's not. I think people would be fascinated just to sure. know what you do. Oh, it, the the range is it spans from everything: contracts, negotiating, uh, setting up uh, re- record companies for entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. helping artists uh, set up their publishing, uh, as well as all the way down to the ground level, being in the studio with artists and helping from the creative side. I can't play anything. I can't sing, but I have an ear for music. Yeah, I get that a lot from my my father. Uh, so I like to be involved from the creative aspect, aspect as well as the business and all the way to getting it put out. I mean, you you've been running uh, your whole life watching him run a television show and getting to see how that works on that. We got a couple calls. We'll go ahead and jump in on that. Chris from Mobile. Hello, Chris. How are you? What's your question? Yes. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, Mr. King and Mr. King. Uh, yes. Good morning to both of you. Good, good morning, morning, sir. Yeah, I can't say that I, I don't really know either one of you. I apologize, but. Uh, let me, to, to stay on point, I'll have to say that uh, the greatest thing my father ever taught me was to uh, keep a, a, a watch on your money, keep a budget. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and taught you well. And, do, and, and as a dad, a father <laughs> of four daughters and four or five female cats and two female dogs, oh no God. fathers do not get the respect. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> So that I don't take up too much time, I wanted to ask Kamal. I'm, I'm interested in the program because uh, I'm 52 years old now. But when I was uh, young, way before I can even remember, my grandmother had raised me up, taught me to play piano. I grew up in the church. I played church. I played for singing groups. I got involved in nightclubs and ended up touring on the road across the country with uh, Elvis impersonator. Had written some of my own songs and got out of that and got. Uh, when I got a family as a young 20-year-old, got into mm-hmm. gospel music, and I had written a few songs, and I, uh, I, I just believe it was God saw fit to put me in some circles with some, some famous people, in a, and they took a few of my songs, and mm-hmm. one of them in particular uh, that I had written, uh, of this, this guy took it, and, and so I had a publisher, and, um, and I understand all the legality of the publishing and the 100% here and the 100% there, and so I was uh, 
But anyway, we approached uh, this record company to have the the record reproduced, mm-hmm. and uh, the song was fairly popular. It went up to number, actually stayed at number six on the top 100 gospel charts for like six weeks. But here's the thing. I did get my airplay royalties. I was with BMI. I got my airplay royalties, but that the record company never paid me one dime, not one dime in mechanical royalties. And I guess it's to say all that to say this. My question is, my publisher told me, he said, well, that's just what you have to do in this business to get, you know, recognized. You just got to give a little, you got to take a little. And I just wondered from Kamal, if, if, if I'm saying your name correct, if, if you see this a lot in, in up-and-coming people, do they, have to, do they have to bend under the pressure of record companies that don't want to legally do the right thing and pay the, pay the royalties? Because I knew, I knew they were messing with me. I knew they were taking my money. Right. Well, that's a, a very good question, and I deal with artists that have these type of issues all the time, uh, and, to, and you don't have to bend over. It, you really don't. If you do mechanical royalties, that's what you're supposed to get. The mechanical statutory rate is $0.09 cents per a song, per an album, and so every record that was produced that was a remake or a reproduction of your song, you should have gotten $0.09 cents mm-hmm. for each copy that went out. Uh, so you don't have to be in. What you need is good representation, uh, and it's not ultra expensive. But you need somebody to fight for you. Uh, I would I would love to help you, you know, uh, and, and talk some other time. Uh, but yes, you need somebody to help go after those mechanical royalties. You don't have to forego them uh, just because you're supposed to give something up. And that's a fallacy in the business that no, you, old trick, yeah, old trick, yeah. Uh, and you yeah. need to get what's yours. Uh, and that that trick has been played so many times on so many artists, and it's a shame how people were taken advantage of, uh, based on the fact that they thought that people um, had uh, wanted to be uh, well known as opposed to being well paid. There you go. Uh, I'd rather be well paid than to be well known. That happens all the even <laughs> all today. The time. People all the time. are like, "Oh, we'll give you exposure." Yeah. yeah. So uh, my children don't eat exposure. There you go. Yeah. You know? yeah. So and energy doesn't accept exposure checks. <laughs> no, and a lot of times, if you ex- for exposure, you can get thrown in jail. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. depending how you're exposing yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes. that's true. Yeah. But it yeah. is true. And you know the tough thing, and, and I think a lot of people they get nervous about agents or lawyers and stuff like that. But wait a minute, do you get nervous about? A doctor there when you, you have to yeah, have heart exactly. surgery i'll uh-huh. just crack my chest open myself right yeah. because right. i mean right. honestly when you're creative and you're a right brain kind of guy and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of those kind of people the business side can be terribly hard and it's good to have yeah. an ally in your corner yep and, and you know a lot of times people try to shortcut it and try to do a lot of things themselves without the proper rep- representation and or the proper advice and they they, they listen to folks who are supposed to be of authority. Well, those folks of authority are those who are taking your money and keeping your money. Right. Definitely on that. And, and it's, you know, a lot of times people think, well, if I, if I don't have an agent, I can book the gigs and I get to keep a hundred percent. But the problem is they don't, get as much money because exactly. they, they don't understand that end of the business. Exactly. So, right. so you're in, you actually hurt yourself. Right. Toward right. The end. Some of the other things. And I think that's fascinating because like you said, you're, you're dealing with creative and on the legal and so forth on that. Mm-hmm. So it has to be one of those kind of jobs where you just kind of get, pinch yourself saying, I'm getting paid to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a blessing. Yeah. It really is. It, it's tough though. 
Yeah. Uh, and you really have to have a skill for taking complex intellectual property laws and being able to sit down with an artist and break it down in a layman's terms where they feel comfortable with you because that's a lot of the problem, like the artists we just spoke with. They, it's such a disconnection between artists in the professional world and right. getting somebody to help them uh, that they get messed over before they ever find me, you know, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and if I would have talked to them from the inception, I'd have broke it down in real simple terms and fought for them from the beginning. And people take you more seriously when you have somebody uh, professional on your side. Uh, one, one quick thing, James Brown and people like that who I've worked with and worked for, they weren't that far-sighted where they they didn't know that they needed a lawyer. James right. Brown had a lawyer traveling with him. Wow. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, if he was to be hoodwinked or taken, it would have been because the, the lawyer didn't have enough knowledge to uh, know what he was doing. But it, James Brown would refer immediately to his attorney. Uh, other artists that I've dealt with, from Teddy Pendergrass to the Jacksons, uh, Michael Jackson, all those guys, they had uh, lawyers on retainer because they had been taken to the cleanest too many times right. trying to do it themselves. Well, that, that, that's the thing. They can focus on being themselves, that's their brand, right. their creative side. They don't, right. and, and it really does. It's amazing how much of it your day it can take up right. having to deal with that portion yeah. of the business. Mm-hmm. But in this new industry, you have to have some you have knowledge. To. You can't just be in a, a, a creative in the back yeah. room just recording and not know anything. When I was going to law school, my dad, every day I would come to my folks' house and my dad and I would have legal battles yeah. every day. And he learned it from educating himself and learning right. the hard he, way. He did the hard but way. he already yeah. had a law education before I had it. But see, wasn't that great for you, though? You could sit there and sit in law class and then turn around and go to the feet of your father. Yep. And get practical experience and say, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, that's how that works. And yeah. 90% of the time he was right. Yeah. The other 10, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. Uh, oh, so competitive. <laughs> I'm glad that, I am glad that happened before Father's Day. Sure I mean, this I gave him competition, though. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I hope you don't have a birthday coming up because he ain't no, you a don't. present I on don't. that one. Okay, good deal. Okay, we're going to take a break. And we, of course, really had a great conversation with Lee King and Kamal King. Uh, question of the day, of course, is do you think fathers get the respect and recognition that they deserve? And what's the greatest lesson your dad ever taught you? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Not for those who wait, not for those who wait too late. We got to go for all we know. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Hey, don't let a conversation get in the way of radio. That's what I always say, because here I was talking when the light came on. We got Mikey in Mobile. He's got the best lesson from Dad. Hello, Mikey. Thanks for calling. Hey. Hey, good morning. I hope you guys had a fantastic Father's Day. Um, And I'd like to say that the best lesson that I got from my dad involves um, uh, playing uh, you know, a stickball, baseball, you know, game in the front yard at my home. I was playing with guys who were, no, uh, oh, I was about nine, maybe eight, and the guys were 12, 13. And so, of course, they were kind of bully about it. And uh, I went crying to my dad, and, you know, he, he said, well, honey, you just got to get you an equalizer. <laughs> and I, I, I hope that wasn't a gun or a stick. I, I, I said, well, what does that mean, Daddy? You know, and he said, well, maybe a broomstick, you know. So I got me a broomstick, <laughs> and we went out, and we equalized the situation. And that's the way I think that, that lawyers work, okay? You know, I mean, that's the same kind of a thing, which is, leads to my question. Thank you guys so much for this uh, program. Um, I, my question is, what is the current retainer percentage for an entertainment lawyer such as um, is, is Kamal, K-A-M-A-L? Uh, Kamel, K-A-M-E-L, yes. Kamel, yes, sir. What What is the industry industry standard, you know, um, for a current retainer sure. for a lawyer? Sure. Uh, it, it really varies. Um, you can work that out uh, by case by case basis. If you need uh, the way I work is if someone comes to me and say, hey, I need this thing done. Well, I can give you a flat rate price where it's very affordable. You know what you're spending. And that involves all the work that I'm, uh, that I'll have to do. Uh, sometimes you can just put down whatever you have and build up uh, a trust with an attorney uh, the way. Attorneys work it is you can put down a hundred dollars, fifty dollars, and do that every month. And when you need something, you say, "Hey, Kamel, I need you to draw up this contract. I've got this situation going on that I need your help." And you would have already built up a a, a trust kitty uh, for me to pull from. And as I do work for you, I can bill it to you and show you what I spent out of that. Uh, account that is uh, segregated until I do some work for you. So you, it doesn't have to be a certain amount. And I think a lot of people think that I need to have 10,000 or 50,000 or 5,000 or a thousand. You might just have a hundred bucks. I mean, right. You, you might've only made 50. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I encourage people to always call, always call and talk because I'm, I'm always, I can always work something out. Can you get? I, I hope it's not improper, but can you give your number? Thank you. I'll get. I'll get. Yeah. I'll put it on. I'll put you on hold, Mikey, and we'll get it for you. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. That Thank works you great. So hey, much. thanks for the Thank call, Mike. Right, appreciate thanks. that. All right, we got Rodney in Hattiesburg, who's got a comment. Hello, Rodney. Welcome to the show. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. No problem. Um, and I got a two-part. Uh, answer a question or something like that with the Father's Day. No, I don't think fathers. Uh, get the the recognition from a commercial standpoint that they should, but that's the way the system is set up. Now, um, i also uh, been involved in music entertainment. I was a music business consultant in New Orleans, but I'm living here now in Hattiesburg. And I wanted to uh, post this to the uh, entertainment lawyer, which is a good thing to hear an entertainment lawyer that really 
has a track record. Uh, I'm looking for one, although I've been very versed on the business. I've been out of it a little while. Yes, sir. Um, I just want to say that um, there's a lot. I know tons of people that that's not getting paid. That, that's old money uh, in my hometown of New Orleans, songwriters, artists. Uh, and it is just, I mean, it's just sad that when you, um, your creative efforts are out there, and you can get on a computer and pull up uh, 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 albums being sold and you're not getting a dime for it. Yes, indeed. And, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, and and, and you just, some people just don't know what to do. So, so um, it's good to hear that there's an entertainment lawyer. I know it's funny, but a lot of attorneys I've found in the past will say that they are entertainment lawyers. Right. But in essence, they're not. They're, that's not their special. Exactly. Right. right. They just basically go to reference uh, to get your business. But you, if you don't have an entertainment lawyer, you need to have somebody that really can prove that they have a track record, and that's what they specialize in. Exactly. I, I tell you, I thank you for the call, Rodney. I appreciate that. And I tell you, one thing that's amazing about your firm is um, there's an, a lot of talent in Mississippi, and that could probably keep you busy, but you're worldwide. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mississippi is where I'm based out of, but I can represent clients internationally yeah. and nationally, yeah, yeah. Throughout, throughout the world. Definitely. We've got John in Ridgeland. Hello, John. Welcome to the show. Yeah, are you there? Yes, yes, and so are you. So what's what's on your mind? John! Okay. Yeah. Hey, I a uh, big fan of the show. I thought I'd call in. I am uh, John Allison. My father is Mose Allison. Oh, wow. Wow. And okay. so he's got a blues trail marker in Tipo, yeah. Mississippi. I uh, just received uh, the NEA Jazz Masters Award. Now, I, it's been, let's see, he recorded Parchment Farm, which was a big hit years ago, and a song um, that, the, that the Who recorded, Young Man Blues. And, you know, I remember in high school, I, uh, my dad had a little rack where he kept his uh, envelopes uh, with you know, royalty checks. And they were usually, I don't know, $12, $40. And then this one came for $5,000. My wow. dad thought it was a big mistake. But I told him, no, The Who is a big rock and roll band. And, you know, yeah. that it was correct. And but yeah. the thing is, for, <laughs> for the next 25 years, now that was on Live at Leeds album, 72. Fifty percent of the royalties from that song and Parchment Farm, which was also recorded by Bobby Gentry, mm-hmm. Hot Tuna, Kingston Trio, lots of uh, John Mayall. Fifty percent of those royalties went to some character uh, with an address in Brooklyn, New York. And my father said he never had any knowledge and never learned wow. who that was. Yeah. So, but it was. Uh, I mean, I guess Dad just gave up, you know, trying to track track it down um but i'm wondering what could be done well listen I, I, that i would love to give my email address and website uh to you and as well as the listeners because we can uh, definitely have some conversation about that uh outside of the radio show because i'd love to help you uh, but my website is www.thecopyrightking.com uh that's thecopyrightking.com and my email address is K King K K I N G at the copyright dot com uh, because that's that that sounds like a very serious issue that uh, we may need to speak about. That sounds like a scene out of The Godfather. Yeah, that's 
Some I mean, but shady you, guy from Brooklyn. That's getting half the royalty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you would be amazed how many horror stories I hear. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Hey, great call, John. Thank you. And that's pretty cool about your dad, too. Thanks for sharing yes, that indeed. also. Man, so, Kamel, uh, how do you suggest that people get more informed about their rights? I mean, you know, it's a lot on the Internet, but you don't know what's true and what's not. Everything on the Internet's true. <laughs> no. Right, right. <laughs> do you think it's better to talk face-to-face with somebody instead of, you know, taking taking what you see on the Internet as truth? What are your thoughts? Because there are so many yeah. artists, um, some local artists who have a lot of potential. Some of them are being exploited and taken advantage of right. because they don't know their rights. So what are your thoughts on that? I, I think it has to be a combination of your own education as well as contacting somebody who specializes in what you don't know about. Uh, You can't be, you have to be humble about that because I wouldn't go to my mechanic to do dentist work, Mm -hmm. you know, so you wouldn't go to a real estate attorney to do entertainment work. Uh, You wouldn't trust your cousin with your entertainment career if they've never done anything in entertainment. Well, how many times have you self-diagnosed yourself on the Internet and figured you were dying? Oh, all the time. I'm I'm a big hypochondriac. I was certain I had arthritis. I went to (laughs) sports medicine and everything, and I I told them, I said, I have arthritis, guys. Yes. And the doctor said, there's nothing in your knee, ma'am. So I got a bill for nothing because I Google diagnosed myself. So it's serious. It It really is. Who doesn't do that? So, I mean, you know, I always say that sometimes the money you spend is worth the time you save. It is. It is. And the peace of mind. And the money you save by not screwing up right. like what she did. Most so, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. Earlier, Rodney called and he said that uh, since we were talking about fathers and the recognition they get, he said that he doesn't think fathers are commercially recognized. Yeah. And I was wondering what you guys thought about that because it was something so simple that popped in my head. During Mother's Day on Facebook, they had an I Love Mom yeah. sash type banner thing that you could put on your profile pictures. When the, best we, yeah, the best we get is Homer Simpson. There yeah. you go. <laughs> when Father's Day came, that same publicity wasn't even available. So uh, your thoughts on fathers and whether or not they are commercially recognized. I tell you what, there's a big difference, though, between fathers and dads. There you go. And I think really the dads are the ones that should be celebrated the yep. most. Yep. That's just my hunch. So yeah. it should be Daddy's Day, Dad's Day. Daddy's Day Daddy's Day sounds a little, uh, a little <laughs> weak. That's a little weak. <laughs> yeah, that's really weak. That's a, it makes it sound like, who's your daddy? That, that kind of thing. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a little oh, yeah. weak on that. I tell you what, though. I mean, I think about that. And a lot of times, good or bad, I'm, I'm becoming my father every day. Yeah, every day. I hear my own dad's voice all the time. I did just a minute ago. Did you? Yeah. Isn't and that so weird? And it sounded like you guys were in stereo. Yeah. <laughs> But you do have the same laugh, and that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was great. But yet, I don't think I don't think dads get the 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 due they deserve. I know they don't. I know they don't. And I believe it's because of so many absentee fathers. Yeah, and that stereotype throughout all races and creeds has now just spanned. Yeah, uh, I was listening yeah. to some statistics the other day, and it was staggering. You know, in the last fifty years, how many households are not not married, unwed, and how many absentee father homes. Uh, So I believe the trend of that has, and it's negative, it's a negative trend, and that has gotten more press than the good father. So when they see you, it's like, oh, I didn't know they still made you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a lot of great fathers out there. That's an excellent point. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, as an African-American father, when I'm with my daughter in the store or we're having fun, I'm totally into her. I mean, I block out everything. I'm in a bubble. It's it's about she and I. And I I watch how people treat me like I'm a unicorn. 
I mean, they truly are like, wow, that's great, buddy. You know, I can't, you know, like they've never seen a good African-American father. And it's, I mean, I I take the compliment, but it's also very sad because that's the mentality of a lot of people that they just don't see the representation of great fathers, period, or great dads, let alone great African-American dads. And I had one of the, I had the best in the world. You did. Yeah. Well, you do. Absolutely. You do. He's still, unless the dental appointment goes really wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Something goes really wrong. I've turned to his dad now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But you know, it's, it's so true. And I really admire single parents because the, the few times that my wife's been out of town yeah um i nearly burned the house down the last time so right. you, know, you know i mean it takes a lot to be able to do that but yeah. honestly i mean it is so important and at least my wife and i feel like it's so important because my boys need her yeah for what she can yep. give and they need me for what i can give yeah you know on that it's just so important you it's never important. understand the the brevity of the job until you have it right i mean you can't observe it from somebody else doing it and understand really how much it involves. I mean, my oldest one will be gone in two years. That's crazy. You know, and he was born yesterday, it seems like. It seems like it, you know? yeah. Um, but adding another point to what you were saying about the recognition of fathers, um, there was some, some complaints about mothers being wished a happy Father's Day. Fathers were taking offense to that. It's like, don't wish a mother happy Father's Day because a mom is a mom and a father is a father. And I thought about it. That's something I did because my father was absent, mm-hmm. is yeah. absent. And so many times I would get my mother a gift on Father's Day. Uh, you know, well, kind your of, mom's a rock star. Yeah, though. but she, she, yeah. But she she's been a mother. You know, I can't yeah. say that she's been a mother and a father because a father offers a completely different experience. Right. Uh, so, you know, that's another thing. I, I'm glad that the guys are standing up for themselves and say, hey, stop wishing moms happy Father's Day because yeah. a mother has her own day and the father deserves his own recognition. Yeah, quit double dipping into the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive. I can tell you from a kid's point of view. Oh, my God. No, I'm just kidding. Just Let's go kidding. to uh, Beth in Meridian. Hey, Beth. Hello. Welcome How are to the y'all? show. Well, fantastic. And especially now that you called, what's up? Thank you. Well, you know, you're talking about dads and, you know, the importance of them and all. And my dad was truly a unique person. We lost him about a little over a year and a half ago. And that was probably about six or seven months after he retired from being a police officer for over 58 years. Oh, wow. Wow. So being an officer's daughter is not always the easiest thing. Right. No, because you can't get away with anything. (laughs) No. (laughs) But what I was going to say, his main thing was he always taught us to be fair to everyone no matter if it was a popular thing to do or not, to right. stand your ground and always be fair. And um, and he was that way. Right. He had people from both sides of the law that respected him. And it was because he always was respectful and treated people fairly. That's and I awesome. I think that's one of the best lessons you know that he ever gave us. I'm one of five kids. Man, Beth, that is awesome yeah, to hear. You're blessed to have him in your life. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And you and you said he was a police officer for fifty eight years? Yes. He had worked for the city, retired from there, went to the county, retired from there. He had um you know, a little bit of bodyguard stuff in between. Right. He um he was a great guy and he also was the person that was kind of a dad to other kids as he had started the in Meridian, Mississippi, the Golden Glove Box. Oh, wow. Marshall, can I touch on that? Yeah, go ahead. Beth, I I wish there were more fathers and police, officer, police officers who 
uh, were like that. And I know there are many, many that are like that. But I think that is what a lot of this world needs to see is police officers like your father who, you know, knew people on both sides of the law who were able to interact with everybody and treat them fair because there's a lot of officers who are like that but it, because of the negative things that have gone on and the negative press uh, that is superimposed what is really going on in the uh, streets today you know yes. that is awesome to hear that about your father yeah. yes and he also has three of the boxers that we consider our brothers now because he considered them sons and uh he, you know, they told him had it not been for him, they would probably be in jail or dead by now. That's real community policing right So there. he became a dad even though he wasn't a father on that. And yeah. For them. That's yeah. a really cool. Beth, that's a great call. Thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break. That other voice you hear is the fantastic entertainment lawyer, Kamel King. This is now your oh question of the day. We've got to throw that out there. Do you think fathers get the respect and recognition they deserve? And what's the greatest lesson your dad ever taught you? Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. Now I'm starting to see Maybe it's got nothing to do with me Fathers be good to your daughters Daughters will love like you do Girls become lovers Who turn into mothers So mothers be good to your daughters This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You see that skin? It's the same she's been standing there. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. The question today is this. Do you think fathers get the respect and recognition they deserve? And what's the greatest lesson your dad ever taught you? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. And we got Joe on the line from Natchez. Hello, Joe. Hello. Hey, thanks for calling. Guys? Fantastic. Thank you for calling. What's your question? Um, I have a question for Kamal. Um, my writing partner and I are currently in, a, in a, one of the studios here in Natchez uh, recording a project, a new mm-hmm. album. Sure. And we have no idea... Um, what to do about copywriting our stuff and, and all that stuff. You know, and I've been listening, I listen to your show weekly for years, and um, I just thought I probably needed to try to contact Kamal and see if maybe um, I could, you know, find out what I need to do. Awesome, Joe. Well, yes, I would love to help you. Um, my email address is kking, uh, K-K-I-N-G, at thecopyrightking.com. Uh, that is that is my business, the copyright king. So I help people all day, uh, copyright and trademarks and protecting their creative works. And you can also go to my website. That's www.thecopyrightking.com. Uh, you'll also find my my number on there. So please don't hesitate to give me a call. I'd love to help you, Joe. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love the great work that you guys do at MPP. Y'all always have. Just, just, just great people on there, and I'm always learning stuff. 
I'll thank and you. I will be in touch. I will be in contact, Kamal. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Joe. Good deal. Good deal. Well, we got Charlie and Newton. We're good. Hey, Charlie, how are you? He's not ready just oh, yet. Oh, he's not ready? Um, okay. But we did have some Facebook feedback. <laughs> uh, Alan said that his dad taught him never to discuss politics or religion with people you don't know. <laughs> and so naturally, that's what I do for a living. Yeah. So my dad gave me the same advice, and I never listened. <laughs> Um, Clint said, my dad taught me to hunt and fish and to respect and enjoy the outdoors that God provided for us. Never go hungry. Uh, Yeah, I took a road Mm -hmm. trip earlier this this weekend, and I mean, I have completely underestimated just the outside, the outdoors. I was passing by mountains and trees, and I didn't even turn the radio on because I was just so fulfilled with the outside. So I I appreciate that. It's funny, after being in Atlanta for four days, I forgot how green it is here. I got really? back. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause everything's concrete there yeah, now. So yeah. it's like coming here. It's like, Oh, this is so beautiful. I forgot how pretty home was. God's country. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. One more call, Marshall. Yeah, we'll do. Hey, Linda, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What's your question? I, I, I don't have a question. It's, I was telling the lady that I teach and I think a father's presence in a child's life, whether it's a boy or a girl is almost invaluable. I mean, I see it all the time. Mm. Uh, and I don't mean, you know, a single mother can't do a good job because she can. Uh, I just think, and I think a, a father, you know, parents could be together and the father still be kind of emotionally absent. I'm talking yeah. about a father who is invested in that child. That's right. And yep. is there for them. Um, of course, for boys, it's, you know, a wonderful role model. And that's how little girls learn to flirt. And Safely, you know, I mean, they can flirt safely with the dad who's the parent of the opposite sex. And it it just means so much to children, so much to children to have their fathers in their lives. And so I I would uh, if I was going to admonish anyone to do anything to make sure that whether you are the mother is is on the outs with the dad or not, make sure that she doesn't inhibit that relationship. Great call, Linda. Thank you so much. And some great points as well. And I want to talk about how my dad changed my life. In fact, uh, Dave Ramsey changed my life. And I'm not talking about the amazing financial guy who happens to be my first cousin. I'm talking about my dad. David Loris Ramsey was born March 15th, 1935. And he has a brother, a sister, three kids and a wife. He served our country, owned a business and worked hard his whole life. He believed in an eight-year-old when he said, I want to become an editorial cartoonist. And he also believed in a 22-year-old college graduate who ended up as a high school janitor. I know he's proud of his 48-year-old father of three. I know, he told me yesterday. And this will probably be the last Father's Day dad knows he has a son. See, dementia is robbing him of so many of our shared memories. And a man who water skied at 78 is now barely able to walk of the walker. Time and horrible disease are stealing him from my sisters and me, and I can't tell you how much it hurts to watch him being robbed like that. As we sat in the lobby together, I told him of all the times he changed my life. When I was six, we were working on a 1953 Ford pickup he was restoring, and at one point the wrench slipped and he crushed his fingers. He swore loudly, one of the first times I heard him do that. And I looked at him and said, isn't that wrong? And he said, yes, but I tried to make up for it by being good to people. Dad's theology always made sense to me. He was truly good to people, and I saw him help so many when he could have made a fortune off of them instead. I would have bought a used car from him. We talked about all the times we water skied at my grandparents' cabin in Tennessee, and I teased him about trying to kill me when he'd try to make me fall. He grinned. Some memories are stickier than others. (laughs) Dad and I are very different people. He played basketball and baseball. I played football. He loved working on cars. I liked drawing pictures of them. But I am very much his son. 
As his light flickers out, his memory lives on in, his sis- in my sisters and me. All three of us can say without a doubt that he loved us more than he ever loved himself. Father's Day is for most dads. Dad's Day is how I celebrate my father. Thank you, Dave Ramsey. You changed my life. That's awesome. Come on. That was a fantastic show. Thank you for being part of it. Thank you for and, this experience, Marshall. And I'm so glad your dad got to hang out with us, too. Me, too. Yeah, he's, he's done a few things in his life, too. One or two. Yeah, he's a good, <laughs> a good guy. I love him. All right, this is a production of MPB Think Radio. Sharita, thank you for producing it. Coming up next is Southern Remedy. We'll catch you next Monday. Thank you, Sharita. And dance with my mother and me and dance. Spin me around till I fell asleep. Then up the stairs he would carry me. And I knew for sure I was loved.